And it's about that time in the afternoon once again for the Employment Hour here on CKNW. As always, the phone line's wide open already. Your questions, your comments, maybe building up all week. Maybe you had a severance offer thrown across you sometime during this week. Someone came to you with a question about their job. Now is the time to ask that question. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell where we deal with your workplace rights over the next hour. If you haven't checked it out yet, we will get into more detail, of course, as we always do. Severance pay calculator.com you want to go there so three simple pieces of information you need your age your type of work and the length of work and it'll give you a number at the bottom it'll tell you exactly how much severance you were owed it is not a week per year it is not two weeks per year it's not two days per year anything else your uncle bob has told you and uh it's not going to be like that it's quite simply uh what it's going to be is the actual number at the bottom of that particular app there is a contact button to get a hold of Lior. if not you'll walk away anonymous and uh, you think no further about it uh you want to pay for it you don't have to pay for it there's no visa there's no way you can use a credit card anywhere on that app it is absolutely free of charge and about oh i don't know 500,000 people so far have used the uh, severance pay calculator there is also a uh, employer mode so if you're an employer and the time comes any time in the near future where you're thinking about letting someone go. You want to treat them properly. You want to give them exactly what they're owed. That is the way to do it. We always have lots of stuff to get uh, through in an afternoon show. The email is help at employmenthour.com. Anytime you want to go, like I said, severancepaycalculator.com. And the email directly to Lior, a member of his staff out here, is uh, just as easy, 604-283-3123. Would be the way to go. We always get to the week that was, which we will get to in uh, just a moment here but uh, last week we also talked about mistakes employers make uh, now we're going to talk about mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights we will get to that uh, Lior are you ready to rock this afternoon Johnny 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 how you doing today there you are how you doing buddy good I was just uh, talking about the severance pay calculator and I always mentioned the I'm week doing that was. great yeah is the way we roll that's right, and I want to talk about a few situations. This is the time, this is the place where we talk about employment law, workplace rights, and everything and anything in between. So, uh, you know, if you're now, of course, wondering what to do, what to say, if there's a problem in your workplace, if you're there and, and your boss said something or did something to you, you don't know what to do about it, well, stay tuned. This is the time, this is the place. And the week that was, I tell you about a couple situations that I saw over the past few days in my office. So the first, the first situation, I spoke with a, a lady that uh, dealt with some workplace harassment. So a co-worker was harassing her, was completely rude, uh, acting in an inappropriate way, belligerent way. She did the exact right thing. She went to speak with HR. Uh, and when she spoke with HR, they said, we'll deal with it. We'll look after it. Well, uh, a couple of weeks passed. She hadn't heard anything back. And, and it got worse. She continued to get harassed. Uh, there was nothing done. So she went back to HR and she and they said yeah 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 okay we got this we'll deal with it again fast forward a few more days or a week or so nothing is done she's still being harassed it got so bad to the point that now she ended up having to go on a medical leave uh, a stress leave she was off work for a while well guess what uh, about a month later she's ready to come back to where she comes back she gets called into a meeting right off the, the hop on her first day and she is let go they say well because of your medical condition you're not very reliable for us we gotta let you go She's extremely upset, and she calls me, and she wants to know what her options are. Well, wait a second. Let's, let's kind of break this down. Well, first thing is, as soon as she complained about a human, uh, sorry, as soon as she complained about harassment, 
they had a duty to investigate the company and to take action. Immediately, right off the bat, they can't ignore it. They can't just uh, push it off or push it back. They have to deal with it immediately, uh, investigate properly, and, and then take measures to fix the problem. In this case, they didn't. They had two chances and they didn't. So right off the bat, that is wrong. That is inappropriate. Now, beyond that, she goes on a medical leave and then she comes back and she's fired. Well, first of all, you can't fire someone because they complained about harassment. That's illegal. You certainly cannot fire someone because they had a medical condition. That's a human rights violation, even more illegal. So bottom line is, what they did here was wrong, 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 and wrong on many levels. There's going to be significant compensation. So not only do they owe her the usual severance, beyond that, they owe her potentially human rights damages, damages because of their bad faith conduct. So I want everyone to understand that, to know that that an employer cannot, cannot do that, which kind of takes me to the second matter I'll, I'll talk about in terms of things an employer cannot do. This gentleman that I spoke with used to work from home. He worked from home for several years. He lived in uh, North Vancouver, worked from home the whole time. Well, recently there was a management change, and the, and the company opened, the, opened an office in Surrey, about I don't know, 35, 40 minutes away from his home, and they said, we want you now to go and work in this office. We don't want you just to work from home. We want you to work in this office. And he called me, and he was upset. He said, well, do I have to? It's not that Surrey is that far, but I like working from home. I've always worked from home. Can they make me do this? Well, the answer is no. They could not make him do that. He had a right to continue working from home because that was a term of his employment. That's an important term. And for those that have ever worked from home, you know that working from home is a big deal and you kind of plan your life around that. So they can't change the terms of employment. That's what we call a constructive dismissal. So by doing that, even though Surrey is not that far from North Vancouver, I know half hour, whatever it is, it's still ultimately a big change to the terms of employment. So now he's going to get severance if, he, if they're going to make a move, uh, move there. So I want everyone to understand if you, your location is being changed, if you're forced to leave your home when you work from home and work in an office, that is something the employer, John, is not allowed to do. The number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell right till around uh, 5 o'clock. We'll take all of your calls, get you on the air, ask your questions. Got uh, Pip on the line. Hey, Pippa, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, good afternoon, Lee. Um, yes, I've just got a situation I'd just like to talk sure. to you about. Um, April the 19th, I had five days holiday, <clears throat> which was okay. Um, I was at work on the 15th. I had to work on the 16th. But on the 15th, my brother from England called and said, Mother's died, you've got to come home. So I took the 15th off and went to England. When I got back, I'm a production worker, and I'm on $18 an hour, whoopee woo. Right. And uh, when I got back, he reduced my wages, said I'm not a um, production manager no more, you're a part-time helper, and you've got two days' work a week. Wow. Wow! Wow! Yeah, what, wow! Uh, just, just a, a, a class act right there, uh, people. How long have you worked there for? Thirteen years, but he's not. He's not been thirteen uh, years. Thirteen years, yes. Two thousand thirteen. Sorry. And, and is is there a union there? No, no, no. It's a baker. Okay. Um, so, Pippa, clearly this is something that they're not allowed to do, and, and it, it would result in a constructive dismissal, taking you from the position that you were at $18 an hour, working regular hours to you know a le lesser position, less pay, less days. That's, that's not even, even yeah. close. That's not even debatable. It's, it's a constructive dismissal in the most the clearest of ways. And someone in your situation, Pippa, could be owed as much as one year's pay. 
Now, the thing is this, what's important, because this just happened, obviously, you're absolutely fine. The concern would be if you were to wait too long and start working in this new position, then at some point you're going to be considered to have accepted these changes, and that would be a huge, huge problem. So if you don't want to do it, you say so and say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I just want to continue with my position the way it was. And if they say, too bad, so sad, that's the what that's what's going to happen, then you have the choice to accept that or to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Well, I asked him yesterday, can you please put me... Because I was on five days a week and he cut me down to four without even talking to me. And I got really upset about that. And I asked him yesterday, can you please put me back on four days a week? No. Okay. So, Pippa, you, you have the right to treat this as a constructive dismissal, and if that's what you want to do, and I think you should here, because you know what's the point working half of what you did and making half the income, is I want you to give me a call at the office. John here is going to give you the number. Let's you and I connect, and let's pursue this. The good news is, the best news I'm going to be able to give you today, Pippa, is that this is straightforward. This is as, as simple as I get. This is not going to be difficult to resolve and get you that compensation that you're owed. And after 13 years there, yeah, you have significant entitlements. Yeah, but he, he hasn't been my um, boss for 13 years. He's only been my boss for since October last year. Sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't but change I think- that. I understand that. The reality is that the company's legal obligations to you in this situation, because of what he is doing, are to pay you right around a year's pay. Right. And, yeah, um, I didn't have to finish off my last import. It's been continuous. Right. Good. Then, then you have a good case, and I want to connect with you as soon as possible off air, Pippa, so I can help you uh, get what you wrote. Pippa, here's that number that uh, Lior mentioned. I'll give it to you as well, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123, and it's help at employmenthour.com. We'll take our first break. More of your phone calls. Bring them on. Lines are open. Questions just like Pippa's. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. This is the Employment Hour. It's right here on CKNW. And we are right back out of the number to call, 604-283, uh, pardon me, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Anytime you want to check it out, we'll get to some details on this, severancepaycalculator.com. As I mentioned off the top of the show, it is the place to go when you want to know exactly what your severance should be, the correct dollar amount. It's not what's written on the piece of paper or what your buddy said at the bar last night. Not even close. It's a lot more than that, so that's the good news. So check it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, last week, talked about mistakes employed. Make now we'll flip it over. Talk about mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Lior, uh, you want to expand on that before I get into the points? Yeah, you know we we always want to make sure that uh, legal rights are preserved. And I speak with people every day. People call me at the office with workplace problems. In some situations, though, before they speak to me, they've done things that compromise their rights that make it diff- more difficult for me to help them. So we're going to talk about a few things that you want to avoid doing. So you may be facing a problem. But the things that we're going to be outlining here, John and I, you want to not do. You want to avoid doing, and I'll tell you exactly what to do, because your legal rights are there. They're good. They're extensive, and and they're quite powerful. But you can also give them away. You can uh, compromise them. So we're going to talk about how not to do that so that you preserve those rights, you can enforce them, and, and I'll help you do just that. And the first one we're going to get to is uh, you don't get advice when they when they should with respect to workplace problems. Well, that that, that is a big one, and, and sometimes people uh, compromise their rights by taking too long to do something about a problem, by taking too long to to get some advice. Now, that, this is especially important when it comes to issues of of uh, constructive dismissal. 
The reason for that is if your employer imposes a change, we talked with Pippa in the first segment. Uh, yes. Her employer was uh, changing her, her job and, and reducing her compensation. Well, if she was gonna do that for a while, if she maybe you know, I don't know if I want to complain. I'll, I'll you know, I'll just work and hope for the best. If she did that and then realized that she didn't like it and she contacted me then, she would be out of luck because she would have been deemed to have accepted her Mm -hmm. uh, changes, the changes in terms of employment. So when it comes to constructive dismissal, when it comes to changes, you have to deal with it right away. You have to get advice immediately as soon as it happens. But it doesn't just apply to constructive dismissal. I talked about harassment also in the first segment. Again, if if you're uh, the you know the victim of harassment, you're being harassed in the workplace. Get some advice before it gets bad, before it gets to the point where now the relationship with the employer is over, before you have to go on a medical leave. So all those things are are, are not good things and could potentially be resolved by getting advice on time. So don't sit on problems. Don't hope for the best and then pray that they'll go away. You have questions, call me. You don't like me, call another employment lawyer. That's fine. But get advice as soon as a problem arises. Or call us here uh, this afternoon and have your uh, your questions answered, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, the good example was the uh, the lovely Pip off the top of the show. What was her window as far as, I mean, she was smart to call you right off the, off the, uh, off the hop, but how much window leeway would she have before it was too late, like you said? You know, given the type of change that she was facing, it's such a big, significant change. It's an obvious change. It's not like it's a subtle change. That window would have been very, very small. So I would say if she had done it for more than a couple of weeks and that's it, she would have been stuck. That's why, Mm -hmm. you know, thankfully this just happened over the past few days so we can deal with it. But if she had called me, let's say, and I don't know, in in the middle of May, at that point it may have been too late to do something about it. So again, don't sit on these things. We're talking about the mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Here is another big one. This is you know almost the reason why we do this show, and that is they make assumptions about their legal rights, or they get information from the wrong sources about severance and everything else, right? Absolutely, John. And yeah. this is, you're right, why we've done this show, why we decided to do this show. Uh, you know, We've been doing it here on uh, CKNW for about a year now, and it's because every time that when I speak to someone, uh, even before they spoke to me, they, they try to get some information from someone, uh, or, or they have their own assumptions as to what their rights are. Well, unfortunately, it's not easy to find out what your rights are in the sense that it's not like you can go out a website and say, ah, here's what my rights are. It takes more work and it's not really possible to do it unless you know exactly what you're looking for. And a lot of people would get advice from just anybody. Maybe their Uncle Bob uh, used to own a business, so they talked to him. Or maybe uh, their sister is a human uh, human resources manager. Again, you cannot get advice from, from someone that doesn't specialize in this area. People make assumptions. And the problem with assumptions is if your assumptions are, are wrong, you may not get advice. You may you may sit on things or you may think, oh, I don't, I'm not owed something, so I'll move on. When, in fact, you could be owed big one is with respect to severance. People assume, yeah. for example, that there's this silly idea of a week's pay per year of service, which of course is wrong, wrong, wrong. But you know how many people assume that and because they assume that they don't get legal advice until it's too late. So that's a huge way to compromise your entitlements, making wrong assumptions, getting advice from the wrong people. So don't let that happen to you. Make sure that if you're, uh, uh, you have questions, if you, you go to the, a good reputable source, call an employment lawyer, uh, and, and make sure you understand exactly what you're owed and what your rights are. Getting advice from uh, from bad people or, or bad sources like governing bodies like the labor board. People go there all the time for severance, hence the week per year, two weeks per year. That's where they get that, right? 
And, and you know, that actually, I don't fault people because it seems natural, right? It seems natural. If sure. I lost my job, I'm going to call the Ministry of Labor. Why wouldn't I? And, and get some advice. Unfortunately, as I've said before on the show and our regular listeners know, you cannot and should not under any, any circumstances go to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job. They can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, which is a small fraction of what you're actually owed. You absolutely can go there about overtime, about vacation pay, about the statutory holiday pay. Absolutely, yes. But not when it comes to losing your job. You know, any of these questions have your head scratching, you want to ask your own question, uh, for sure you can do it, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell right till about uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon. We are talking about the mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. They don't confirm a termination in writing. That's key, is in writing. That is important. Now, if you have a termination letter, so you've been let go and you have a termination letter, but then you don't need to worry about it because you have something in writing saying that you lost your job. So that's fine. Now, what happens, though, if you've been terminated verbally? Maybe your employer called you, said you're out of here, or called you into a meeting and said we're letting you go, and you don't have that in writing. Well, if we then pursue it, you know what I've seen happen? The company then turns around and says, no, no, we didn't let him go. He quit. Wow. The problem with that is now it becomes a he said, she said, and that's important because if you quit, you don't get severance. If the company lets you go, you do get severance. So what I say is this, and this is very important. If you're let go verbally, you get a call, you get you get called into a meeting, send an email right after, like as soon as possible, confirming what happened. So I confirming that you told me not to come in anymore, confirming that you told me uh, I'm out of a job or that uh, the business is slow so I don't have any shifts for the next uh, foreseeable future. Confirm that in writing. Put that in writing so it's clear that you didn't quit, that the company lets you go. As soon as you have that, once you have that, then we can pursue it. We can pursue it and we can get you the entitlements that you are owed. So oftentimes people compromise their their entitlements, not wanting to, of course, by not confirming this in writing, by proceeding with a verbal termination and then being silent about it. So don't let that happen to you. Don't let anyone say or change the facts after the fact. Make sure that you put that in writing yourself if the company doesn't give it to you in writing themselves. Would you call it a wise call to, if you're going to email uh, exactly that, you're going to make a point of it, an email point so you have some sort of record on it. Now, if you're if you're an internal email like you or I would be or someone in your firm, if they're sending their boss or their supervisor an email, should they not CC or BCC themselves on, say, a Gmail account? Because if, if they lose their job, they get locked out. They might get locked out of their email. Then they have no record of it. Sure. No, it's not. Right? If it's in writing, but you don't have a you don't have a copy of it, it doesn't do you any good. So yes, right. Uh, print off a copy of it. Uh, send a copy to your personal account. Use your personal account, whatever it is. But yes, obviously, if you're going to send something in writing to to prove that something happened, you need to have a copy of it. Very, very important. Such a simple thing to do. It will take seconds and can yeah. be the difference between getting I don't know uh, tens of thousands of dollars in severance and, and getting nothing. Very important. And we'll take a short break. Phone lines are wide open. You have any questions, bring them on. Doesn't have to be personal or about you. Could be about a friend or just something you want to know. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. This is the Employment Hour and it's here on CKNW. Anytime the lines open for you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You have uh, questions, give us a call. Lior would love to answer them here this afternoon. Hey, Jason, uh, how are you, pal? Doing really good. Thanks so much for taking my call. No worries. What's going on? Well, I know that in British Columbia and perhaps other provinces that there's uh, legislation about uh, probationary periods that within three months uh, an employer can end the 
the employment relationship without cause and and I'm just wondering where that leaves like a lot of a lot of young workers a lot of new workers that are maybe a little bit more vulnerable what kind of recourse do they have if they think it's unfair like discrimination aside just uh, if they aren't being productive enough there's a good call yeah no the first thing Jason I want you to understand about probationary periods uh, the, the whole idea of you know three months it's not automatic what I mean by that is the fact that uh, the Employment Standards Act talks about a three-month period, that, that's irrelevant. The only thing that it does is it gives the company the right to have an agreement that says that. What I'm saying is that a, a, a probationary period has to only be created by an employment agreement. So if you haven't signed an employment agreement that says explicitly that you're on a probationary period and then during that period you could be let go without compensation, then there's no such thing as a probationary period. Well, that means that even after a week of working, you have rights and entitlements. Now, if in fact the person did sign an agreement that specifically puts them on probation for three months and also specifically says that during that period of time they can be let go without compensation, the reality is, as a practical matter, there's not much that you're going to be able to do. Now, an employer still has to act in good faith, and if you can show that the employer acted in bad faith, then then yes, there would be recourse. That's very difficult to do, extremely, extremely difficult. Practically speaking, if an employee signed an agreement that puts them on probation, then they're on probation and they're not going to have a, le- a lot of recourse. But if an employee did not sign that, and if they lose their job after two months, Jason, after a couple of months' pay, someone that lost their job could be owed a couple of months' pay of severance. People think that just because someone just started working and they haven't worked for very long, they're not owed a lot of severance. That is not true. So the employment agreement is key here, Jason. If someone signed an agreement, that may limit their entitlements. If not, then even if they're in the first three months, they have rights, they have entitlements. Thank you so much, Lior. That's a lot of clarity and just a short bit. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Any other questions moving forward? Of course, the number is 604-283-3123 or help at employmenthour.com. It's so good to clear that stuff up when people call in. You also have a, or at least you just received a, an example or something about the severance pay calculator, yeah? So you were uh, mentioning in, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, on the air before the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. So someone actually uh, filled in uh, the information and, and sent it to me. Now, I'm not going to give anyone's particulars. I'm just giving this as an example, so no one's going to be able to identify this person. Sure. So this particular person worked between one to three years. They were 51 to 60 years old, professional making $90,000. The severance that they received was $5,000. Now, the wow. severance calculator correctly uh, assesses them as being entitled to six months' pay. Now, that means an additional an additional $40,000. So this person is owed another $40,000. Now, the reason, John, why I'm mentioning this is, is only just because I got it right now. It's not because there's anything unique about this situation. That's what the severance pay calculator does. It, it yep. ensures that you get what you're owed. If this person didn't use the severance pay calculator, they may have thought, well, you know, that sounds okay, I guess. And they, they are owed another $40,000. So if you're listening to us right now and you think you know what you're owed, well, chances are you're wrong. Go to severancepaycalculator.com right now. 
Answer three simple questions. It takes seconds, and it's anonymous, and it's free, etc. Everything John said before. Uh, and find out what you wrote. Make it a, a little party game. Everyone in your house, go to Severance Pay Calculator, and the person with the most severance uh, wins something. Uh, but trust huh. me, you want to have that information, even if you haven't lost your job, even if you're just curious or being prepared for the day that it may happen, severancepaycalculator.com. You know, it's amazing for the amount of time it took that person to go through that and click send and you just received it. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole other salary for some people, $40,000. A lot of people make that an entire year, right? And that's what they would have been missing out on. It's crazy. So think about it, John. This person has worked somewhere between one to three years. They're not even a long service employee. Can you imagine someone that loses their job after 20 years? What they're owed, the difference between what they're owed and what they've been paid could be tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands. So please use the severance pay calculator. Call me if you have any questions, but don't accept ever a severance offer without doing those things. Still plenty of time for you to call in. That is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your uh, your cell. Before we uh, took a break and talked about that particular issue, we're talking about mistakes that individuals make. Last week it was employers. Now we're going on this side with the people that actually uh, make them while they're, while they're working. Another one you see all the time is you know resigning out of frustration without the paperwork, right? Yes. You know, if, if you are uh, resigning because you're frustrated, if you're resigning because something happened and you can't take it anymore, you have to have to say so and you have to say so in writing. Yes. So rather than go to your boss and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quitting and, you know, you know in your mind you're quitting because of what they did to you, what they said to you, something bad that happened, you can't do that. You have to put that in writing because we can pursue potentially a constructive dismissal. If you resign because you felt that you had no choice, because the company did to you something to you, that's a constructive dismissal. But we need to have that somehow documented. It cannot seem like something that that's something you came up with later. So if you resign because you're frustrated, say so. Say, I, I, I don't really want to resign, but I'm resigning because I feel I don't have a choice. Or I'm resigning because of the changes that you've made. Or I'm resigning because of the poison work environment. Put that in writing. Make sure it's right there. Have that there. That's going to make it that much easier and that much better to pursue your case. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll uh, bounce over to a phone call. I've got uh, Tim on the line. Hey, Tim. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I got a question. Good, brother. I am, yeah. If I'm laid off in the fall, say I work for a company that's seasonal work and the weather goes nasty, and I'm laid off, but I know I'm going to go back to work like in six or seven weeks. Uh, uh, do I have to get a severance, or is it class as new employment when they hire me back, or what? Great, Great question, Tim. Absolutely. Now, Tim, is this something that kind of happens every year? Yep. And pretty much around the same time, you know, maybe yep. a, a few it's days so, here yeah. or there, depending on the weather? Well, depending if there's snow on the ground or not. Right. Okay, good. So because you have a job that's inherently seasonal, and because that's something that happens every year, then this layoff becomes a term of employment. What I mean by that is it's part of the, your job that you're going to be off for a few, uh, few weeks or a few months, whatever it is, and then come back to work. If this was something that they just decided to do for the first time and they hadn't done that before, then, okay, no, that would be a termination. You would be owed severance, and if they wanted to hire you back, they could. In your situation, it's simply seasonal work, which means you continue to be an employee and you don't get severance. That said, yeah. if they decided not to bring you back, if they said, you know what, Tim, this year we don't need you back, uh, so if you're not coming back, at that point you would be owed severance. But just because of the layoff in a, in, in a seasonal job, Tim, no, severance would not be owed. Okay, now, now say if we don't get snow down here for four or five years, and then all of a sudden the weather turns sour and we get snow for a year and he lays me off, 
because of the the weather, right? Um, and then and then I I'm laid off. Do I am I entitled to severance because it's been five years or three years that I haven't uh, I have well bec- work, Tim, because it's kind of off. understood that this is a type of job that can't happen if there's snow on the ground. If yeah. assuming uh, we don't you haven't even talked about what the job is, but assuming it's a type of job that's clear that you can't be doing it and you won't be doing it if it's snow on the ground, it's it's an implied term. So again, yeah. severance wouldn't be owed, uh, but it would be owed if they don't call you back. Okay. All right. I, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate your call. Any other uh, issues, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior, member of the team as well, and help at employmenthour.com. And we'll get to uh, Mayer. Mayer, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Oh, uh, Actually, I eat Subway a lot. I didn't want to say the name, but I don't care because I don't work there. But there's sure. a place which is open till 2 and I go there all the time. I eat there. There's only one lady working till two. I went online to file complaint and stuff, but they they want my information, right? And I didn't. I don't want to close my information. Disclose my information. So I didn't know what to do. So I thought I would give you a call. So you, you're concerned about the the employees working at this at this establishment? Yeah, and uh, there's only one lady working, which is illegal. After eleven or twelve, I guess you cannot be by yourself when you. Right at the establishment, and you contacted the uh, the Ministry of Labor. No, I didn't, because they want all my information. I don't want to give them any of them. My so, but but you contacted them because that's how you know they want your information. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tried to. Okay, so so if the Ministry of Labor says the only way we'll take a complaint is doing that, well, honestly, that's a silly thing for them to do. But if that's what they do, there's really no other place to complain. The only other thing you could do is you may want to convince this employee to call the Ministry of Labor. Uh, and and have the the ministry come in and take a look at this, or she can contact me and I can deal with her employer. But in terms of what you can do, the only thing that you yourself can do is either go to the Ministry of Labor or have her do it. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll try to convince her. I guess. Thanks, Great, man. appreciate that. Thank you, Mayor. We'll get to uh, one more before we break here. I guess uh, Tony. Hey, Tony, how are you? Hi there. Good. Thanks. Hey, listen, um, I, I've been doing the same job for the past 20 years. Uh, I go into the care facilities to, like, senior facilities, uh, independent living, uh, yep. living and that sort of thing, uh, monthly, different places all, all the time. It's hard to, it might be a little tricky to, to explain this to you. Anyway, hopefully you get it. Uh, so I've been going to the same places now for at least the past 20 years, uh, usually about, you know, four to six times in a year. Some of the places actually they want my information, such as my social insurance number and so forth, so they can issue me the checks. And then some of them actually issue me T four slips at the end of the year. Now, one place that I've been going to probably about four to six times in a year, uh, we had a bit of a disagreement one time, and all the the dates that I had booked with them through the entire year, she came and and closed the book basically and said, "I'm canceling Mm -hmm. all your." Your employment dates for the rest of the remainder of the year, and uh, we don't no longer need your services. Um, long story, but I'm just wondering how does that work? If uh, you know, like I'm self-employed, I contract myself out to them. I have dates booked through the year, and then they call me up one day and say we're canceling all your dates throughout the entire year. You know, four to six of those dates are completely wiped off the book. Now, Tony, this place that canceled your your dates is that one of the places that was issuing you a T four? That's correct. Yes. Okay, so so in their eyes, they were treating you like an employee because you can't exactly. issue a T4 to someone that's not an employee. Yeah, exactly. And and, and how long have you been doing this with this specific uh, uh, organization? 
about 20 years. So if you're an employee of theirs, uh, and, and I mean, they actually, you're, you're kind of one of the opposite situations that we usually see where people yeah. are treated as contractors when they're really an employee. You probably could be considered a contractor at law uh, or an independent contractor, but they were treating you as an employee. And if you've been there for 20 years or been doing work for them for, for 20 years, they cannot uh, take your dates or cancel your dates without proper notice. And, and after 20 years, it could easily be something like 18 months. So potentially what they now have to do is to pay you for those dates that you would have had over the next 18 months or so. So okay. no, they, they can't just cancel those dates, not after 20 years, not when they consider you to be an employee without compensation. So yeah, you wrote for those dates, Tony. Uh, and something like this, I would expect Tony could resolve uh, with, with a letter, uh, a letter from me. So why don't you and I connect off air? Let me send the letter and hopefully we can resolve it. But yeah, you may have significant entitlements here. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah, if we could uh, contact and I could get a hold of you after the show. Absolutely, Tony. Definitely will, Tony. Here is that number, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. That'll put you in touch with Lior. The email is help at employmenthour.com. Mike, I see you there. Hang on. We're going to get to you. Got to take a, a short break before I get spanked, and I don't get severance for that. Uh, for Overnell, 604-280-9898 and star 9898 on sale. Short break. Back at an employment hour, CKNW. And if you haven't had a chance yet, as we've uh, done the show over the last hour, we do every Sunday, severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what your severance should be. Mike, thanks for hanging in, pal. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good, sir. What's going on? Uh, just a question. As an employee, um, I'm in the transportation industry, uh, mm-hmm. truck driver, and just wondering if a company that uh, is to say that they want to contract out all the driving department and then make me work in a different department like in the warehouse um is there any repercussions or severance that i would be entitled to or would i have to work in the warehouse for a job that i didn't apply for good question excellent question mike so obviously it would be a big deal a big change to go from being a driver to work in the warehouse and it's the type of change that you would have no obligation to to accept so if a company came to you, your company came to you and says, Mike, we don't want you to drive anymore. We want you to be in the back in the warehouse uh, uh, loading up uh, things, then no. You can say, no, I'm not going to accept that. And if they do it anyway, you could treat that as a constructive dismissal and get severance because it's a significant change. Now, Mike, how long have you worked there for? Uh, about 10 years. 10 years. And then, uh, how old are you, Mike? Uh, 40. So someone in your situation, 10 years, 40, we're looking at right around eight months pay. Okay, eight could be as high as nine months pay is what severance for you would be in this particular situation. So if they do that, if they decide to, uh, you have you have the right, obviously, to say, yes, I'll do it, but you also have the right to say no. Please, though, Mike, if you're going to say no, if you're not going to accept it, before you say no, before you quit or do anything like that, I want you to give me a call. I want us okay. to do it the right way. I don't want us to, to take any chances. Uh, but yes, that would be a constructive dismissal, and you would be out severance. Okay, great. Thanks, That's Mike. It. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. And that number, by the way, 604-283-3123. 604-283-3123. Mike, and help at employmenthour.com. And online as well, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca. So if Mike says, as we've talked about so many times on the show, he goes, you know what, warehouse, I'm not facing the elements, might be cozy, maybe I won't like it, maybe I'll give it a try. Does he have a window to do that? This is absolutely the type of change that you can 
give it a try. But what I right. would want Mike to do if he wanted to give it a try is to tell his employer that that's what he's doing. Rather than just continue working and his employer can assume that everything is fine, I would tell his employers that I'm not happy about this. I'm not sure that's something I, I want to do, but I'm going to try for the next few weeks, see how it goes, and then let you know. If As long as Mike does that, then he has a bit of a window, a few weeks to try it out. And in those few weeks, after those few weeks, he has a, a choice to make. He can continue because he's done it. It's not so bad. Or he can say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. That's not what I want. And it's a constructive dismissal. So if you're going to try something out, you know, it's a different job, it's a different location, you want to know how it's all going to work, that's fine. You can try it out for a few weeks or so, but say so and tell your employer. And, and, and when, by the way, whenever I say tell someone, I mean in writing. If it's not in writing, it does not exist. It never happened. So put that in writing. Email works great. Uh, text message works just fine too. Uh, say, I'm trying it, I'm going to try it for a few weeks, and then let you know, and that's fine, you can do that. Can you say, you know, under the uh, under the auspice, I don't want to go back to my old job if I don't like it? Can that be a condition? Sure, yeah, he can yeah. say, I'm, I'll try it if, uh, and, and let's see what happens, but ultimately, uh, he no, he. what he doesn't want to do is give up the right to pursue a constructive dismissal, and the way you give up that right is either you continue working uh, and stay silent, or you just uh, uh, continue working for a long period of time, and then you're deemed to have accepted it, those are bad things. Yeah, I mean, the two cardinal rules for all this stuff is A, get everything in writing, and B, call you before you uh, you pull the plug. So give me some details as we've got about a minute to go here. I mentioned it at the top, but I know you have much more detail, and you use it all the time in your own head, uh, Severance Pay Calculator. SeverancePayCalculator.com, uh, the first place you go to, the very first place to go to if you lost your job, because it's easy. You may just have walked out of a boardroom now when you lost your job. Uh, you know, Before you get back to your office, grab your phone, go to SeverancePayCalculator.com and find out if what they've offered you is even close to being uh, fair. Spoiler alert, it's probably not. So mm -hmm. it's easy, it's free, it's anonymous, and if you have that, if you know about the severance pay calculator, you're going to be ahead of 90% of the people that accept inadequate severance when they shouldn't. Don't let that happen to you, severancepaycalculator.com. Very simple to use. There's absolutely no cost. There is a contact button on the bottom of the calculator to get a hold of your, your employer. There's also an employer mode as well, so it's handy for uh, for all types. Email anytime, help at employmenthour.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. And the phone number anytime, 604-283-3123. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here on CKNW.